Now, we're going to continue today our series on waiting. How very apt that one word is as this thing goes on and on, affecting all of our lives. Last Sunday, James preached, and he preached about a God who is waiting from Isaiah 30. And he spoke to us about this God who does not need to wait, but has chosen to wait. And because of God's grace and mercy, and because of his long-suffering and forbearing, and even because he loves to give us the space and the opportunity to return to him, he always makes the decision to wait for us. It's amazing. And even when we trust in other solutions or in other saviors, James used the phrase uh, functional saviors, these alternatives, I found that really helpful. Even when we do that, God expresses incredible patience towards us, undeserving. He just waits for us. Do you know, I want to say to you today, uh, at the beginning of this preach, that um, the, the very DNA in God, the life of God, is imparted into us when we become the children of God. So, for example, this God of mercy has poured his mercy into our lives. We therefore experience his mercy and can give his mercy to others. A few weeks back, we were looking at a God of hope and how we are now, as the people of God, to abound in hope. We then looked about the God of all comfort, and that fact that his comfort is now in us, and we can give his comfort to others. I think exactly the same is true of waiting. Believe it or not, this ability of God to wait is now in you and me. We have this, this kind of anointing, if you like, to wait for God to move. So today I'm going to look at a people waiting for God. And if you have your Bibles, I'd love you to turn to 2 Peter and chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 8. Verse eight. And we're going in and out of this passage today, so it might be good for you to keep your Bibles open at 2 Peter chapter 3. And in verse 8 it says this, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away and with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for the hastening and coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these for these be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace and then just verse 18 but grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be the glory both now 
and to the day of eternity. Amen. Did you notice the word wait or waiting come several times in that particular passage? So what are we, the people of God, waiting for? Well, there are many things that we are waiting for. I'm just going to quickly highlight five of them. All five are a sermon in themselves. So I'm just going to give you headlines. These are an example of some of the things we, as the people of God, are waiting for. The first is this. We are waiting for God. God's perfect timing. Find it interesting if you just look with me again at verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact. And notice that this is a fact. That with the, the Lord, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. He's quoting Psalm 90 verse 4. I'm just fascinated when we look at this passage and this whole concept of waiting about God's perspective on what waiting looks like and what our perspective is on waiting, what that looks like, about how God views time and space and how we view time and space. For example, a lot of people think eternity is going to be really, really boring. The reason they think about that is they're thinking about time. How can you possibly do the same thing over and over for eternity? But of course, from God's perspective, there is no time in eternity. It's a completely wrong way um, of actually thinking about it because God is in time, outside of time. He created time. So to the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. So every time you and I waiting for something say, but it's so long, you have to remember from God's perspective, it's, it's, it's just a second. It's just a flash those long periods that we have. Or, for example, think of yourself and the life that you live. And I guess most people are hoping that we'll live for 75 years or maybe many more years these days after that. And it kind of feels we've been around like forever. Bible says that your life is like a vapor. It's like a breath. In fact, while you're just watching me just now, why don't you all just breathe? Come on, just take a breath. <sighs> It didn't take very long, did it? That's the entirety of your life from God's perspective. And for those of you that decided to take a long breath, it didn't really give you an extra bit at the end, did it, very much? That's what the Bible says about us. Here we are in COVID. My goodness, it's eight months. It seems to be going on forever. You know, the Bible would say of something like COVID, it describes it like this, a momentary light affliction. And it is in comparison to a timeless eternity. So we wait. And what are we waiting for? We're waiting for God's time. And from his perspective, he is never early and he is never late. He is not slow as we think. His timing is perfect. Don't you ever ask yourself, why was Jesus born on this planet just over 2,000 years ago? I mean, why that time? The answer is because from God's perspective, it was the right time. The last book of the Old Testament is a book called Malachi. And into Malachi, there's a prophetic word that the Messiah is coming. You can imagine the people getting really excited. From Malachi to the book of Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament, is a span of 400 years before Jesus actually is born in a stable. You think, that's just so long. But from God's perspective, it's just the perfect timing. 
This is what it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. That verse says to when the perfect time had come, the absolute perfect time in God's plan, then Jesus came. When will Jesus come again? Well, the answer is at that perfect time. What are we waiting for? We are learning to wait for God's perfect timing. Secondly, we are waiting for the promises of God. If you're in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, look with me there. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. So in other words, God has promises for us, and they're not slow in coming. As we've just said, the, the coming of those promises will come at the perfect time. So we think there's a delay in the promise coming, and it's slow. From God's perspective, it's not slow at all. We have to be the ones who learn to wait. In that there's no panic in heaven. There's no hurry or pressure. He knows the time when the promise will come to pass. In Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2, there's this cry comes up that I'm going to guess you have been, been saying the same thing on and off over the last eight months. And in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2, he says this, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear or cry to you violence and you will not save? You know, Scripture's full of men and women saying, O Lord, how long have we got to wait? Psalm 13, verse 1. Look at this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And I don't know about you, but there are some of you probably watching this, you've been thinking, I've been praying the same prayer for years and years. How long, Lord, before you answer that prayer? Or some of us have been concerned about family members, and we want to see that some of the family members turn around because they're going in the wrong way. So we're praying, we're praying decade after decade. Still nothing seems to be, how long, Lord, before this comes to pass? Or some of us might think about illness. You've had an illness for a long time. There's nothing anyone can do for you. Lord, how long have I got to put up with this pain and this illness? Or maybe an issue of injustice. How long before that's turned around? And corporately, we might be praying, oh God, this nation that we live in, the United Kingdom, it seems to be so far away from you. How long, Lord, before you come and bring restoration? How long before revival comes again to us as a nation? You know, God knows how long those things are. COVID, how long, Lord? We don't know how long this is going to go on for. God knows exactly what's going on. I wonder what is the promise that you feel you are waiting for as an individual? What is it you're waiting for today? I want to encourage you that the promises of God are not slow in coming, but they are, they are coming because God is a faithful God and they're on the way. And so back to Habakkuk, you know, he's asking all these questions, how long, O Lord? And this is what it says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. This is amazing. And look at this. If it seems slow, just 
seems like slow, what does he say? Wait for it, for it will surely come. It will not delay. There's no delay as far as God's concerned. Even if it seems slow, we need to wait and we need to be patient for God to come through. Thirdly, the reason God's people wait is because of this being another day for God's grace for salvation. Back in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing statement that today we woke up and it's another day. And you know what? It's another day for God's grace and mercy, an opportunity for more people to experience salvation, just like many of you and I have in our lives. Why are we still here? It's kind of like, why is this planet still existing? Well, one of those reasons is because it's another opportunity for the grace of God. And even today, while we're just here online, do you know thousands of people across this planet are coming for the first time to know salvation in Jesus? What are we waiting for? We're waiting for another day for God's salvation to be experienced. It says this in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. You know, there's huge advance going on right now throughout all the nations of the world and with the gospel. And the end will not come until all nations have heard the good news of Jesus. You know, we, we, we've seen huge advance over the last 2,000 years, and now more people, more nations, more cultures and languages are being reached with the gospel than ever before. But there are still hundreds of unreached people groups around the world but this is the mercy and the grace of God. Another day, another opportunity for people to be saved. And I believe that the Bible teaches us that before Jesus comes back again, there's going to be a huge gathering of his people. And if you read Romans 9 to 11, you discover that even with the Jewish nation who've kind of rejected the Messiah, multitudes of them will be saved and added to the church of Jesus Christ. Last week, I had the privilege to be part of a New Frontiers Global 2020 conference, which we should have had in person, but obviously had in line. Between four or 5,000 people gathered online every day from all the nations of the world. And it was a huge reminder that this gospel is going to all nations around the world. And many years ago, New Frontiers had a prophecy that there would come a day when there would be more non-English speaking people than English speaking people within our family of church. That prophecy is now being fulfilled and will be going on being fulfilled as more and more nations are re reached through this wonderful gospel. The multitudes are being saved. I wonder if this whole COVID thing is another day and another opportunity to people be saved. As people realise we are not in control of our lives. The government isn't in control of what's going on. The nations are not in control. No one's in control. An opportunity for some of us to say, do you know what? I want to reach out to the God who is in control. And you may be watching this today and you're not a Christian. You're, you're not a believer in Jesus. Can I just say to you, today is another opportunity for the possibility of you coming to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and transforming your life. 
today is another day for God's grace towards salvation. Number four, we are waiting for the church to be made ready. What do I mean by that? Well, this is what it says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. We're waiting for the bride, the church, to become ready. You know, when I got married 41 years ago, my wife was between 20 and 25 minutes late arriving at the church. One of the reasons for that was she had to get herself ready. I have three daughters who are all married and I was the last one at the home with them on my own before the car took us and I'd be looking at my watch, when is this gonna happen? I'm having to wait. What am I waiting for? For that moment I say to them, are you ready? And they say, yes, at last, let's get this thing over and done with. But a bride's not going to turn up, you know, not ready. Now, that doesn't mean that the church before Jesus comes back is going to be perfect. But what I do believe is it is going to be mature and holy and united and restored and overcoming and full of diversity in every tribe and tongue and nation. Maybe the church is going to look like Acts chapter 2 again, where we started, that's where we're going to finish. That's what it means to get ourselves ready. It says this in Ephesians 5.27, so that he, Jesus, might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish want to encourage you today that we are waiting for the church to make herself ready and fifth and finally we are waiting for the return of Jesus we've seen it there in verse 10 of 2 Peter chapter 3 but the day of the Lord will come like a thief and it's kind of like this promise there's so many scriptures in the new testament talking about the return of jesus i guess this is the ultimate waiting of the people of god generation after generation have been waiting for jesus to come and there will come a last generation where he will return to the earth we could be that last generation I certainly know there's more, more chance that we are the last generation than any other generation that went before us. So we should be full of expectation that Jesus will come again. And it's been 2,000 plus years that the church has been waiting for the return of Jesus. Can I just remind you, it's a thousand years is a day to the Lord and a day is a thousand years. Do we wait for the coming of the Lord? I have to say this to you. When I was first born again, there was a lot of teaching about the return of Jesus. It's almost slipped away. I'm finding now we're in COVID that I and many other pastors and leaders are returning again to scriptures that talk about the return of Jesus because it's reminding us of the imminence of his return. And if you're in China right now and you're under huge persecution, which is sadly happening again right now to the church in China, I tell you what, you long for the return of Jesus because you're longing for eternity. Let us hope in the return of Jesus. So these are some of the things that we are waiting for. And I just want to go back to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, where it says this, Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? Having seen that we are a people waiting for God to do certain things, what sort of people ought you and I to be 
in the meantime while we are waiting for God to fulfill his purposes and I want to practicalize this and just bring this to you just a few points first of all we are to be a people who are growing in faith God makes promises there seems to be a delay of those promises being fulfilled and the faith in God to do something can either go one or two ways it can either diminish or it can actually grow with expectation that God will do what he promised now you and I live in an, a, a kind of instant push button world we press the button we expect it to happen immediately and we can interpret god like that that god is some kind of instant push button god he'll just do things straight away jesus makes many many promises but he doesn't say immediately he says ask me and i will give you but he doesn't say immediately his promises are true and they'll come to pass but sometimes there is this kind of delay and I think it's all to do with us as the people of God learning about faith you see God is faithful he will keep his promises either to you personally or concerning the return of Jesus to this planet you and I are to be full of expectation God's will during this COVID season is our faith grows and grows in expectation of him to do things rather than diminishes I have to be honest there's been time during COVID where my faith has been diminishes going in the wrong direction but then I find as I come to God and read his word my faith begins to increase again this is such a big topic that I'm going to return to it in November as part of this waiting series. We're going to look at the whole thing of being a people of faith rather than the, the, the when we get my words right, than just waiting right now. Here's the second thing I want to share with you, that we are to be a people who are patient. Now, this is where the rubber hits the road, and this is where things become very interesting. For all these things to happen, see one of the things we ought to be is a people who are patient and i don't know about you but i just don't find this easy at all psalm 40 verse 1 says this i waited patiently for the lord he inclined to me and heard my cry it doesn't just say i waited for the lord he says i waited patiently for the lord i kind of know what it means to wait impatiently i don't know sometimes what it means to wait patiently i'm the sort of person that if i've booked a restaurant for seven o'clock and we're in the car and we're a bit late i'm just not very patient i'm just kind of we're going to be late we're going to be late. i'm looking at my watch all the time i'm i am not waiting patiently i'm being impatient i'm the sort of person that struggles with people if they're in the way when it comes to driving, I don't know how you get on. I've noticed during COVID, driving is rubbish everywhere. I get impatient with people. It's something that happens to me naturally. How are you at standing in a queue? So yesterday morning, I went to the post office and I just wanted to buy a paper. But when I got there, I was in a queue of people, socially distanced, of course, a queue of people waiting. And there was a person at the counter who just took forever, just went on and on. And the queue started. And I could feel all the people around me becoming increasingly impatient. The atmosphere was one of impatience apart from me and the reason I wasn't impatient is because I knew that I'll be preaching this sermon the following day and I'll be using this as an example I even found myself praying singing the little song I waited patiently for the Lord you know sometimes it's so difficult just to be patient when we are waiting but you know when you are 
patient in your waiting. You are full of peace. You are trusting. You are not worried about the timing of the thing happening. Uh, you are somebody who's not demanding. You're probably someone who's thinking, well, there's nothing I can do about this. I can't fix it. If you wait impatiently, the opposite's true. You're full of anxiety. You're trying to think, I can do this. You can't wait for the thing to get over. You've got lots of opinions, and you try and fix the thing because you can't stand it any longer. Bible says we've got to learn, brothers and sisters, the people of God, let us learn to wait patiently. COVID is, is difficult, but I think we're meant to learn patience and not get all uptight about it and have peace in the midst of it. Psalm 130, verse 5. We're nearly coming to a close. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits in his word. I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning. The interesting thing about the watchman is he knows the morning is coming. There's no doubt about it. That's what he's watching. It's going to happen. But his attitude is one of, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. It'll come. This COVID thing one day will pass. But in the meantime, let us be patient. This nation's full of people waiting for hospital appointments or serious illnesses that they can't, they can't get because of all the problems going on. It's a tough lesson, but some of us have got to learn to be patient and to wait. Patience is a fruit, by the way, of the Holy Spirit. Maybe the more we're filled with the Holy Spirit, more patient we will be. The third thing is this. We are to be a people who are diligent. This is what I find in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these things, be diligent to be found by him. We're not only to be a people who have growing faith and who are to learn patience, but we're also to be a people who are diligent. And that means to really give yourself to certain things. And this little phrase we've just looked at, to be found in him, to be found by God. How is he finding me and you at the moment in this COVID season? How is he finding us? Does he find us to be someone maybe at the moment who's quite idle and lazy and maybe passive or just not bothered about things that are going on around us and just easily giving up on things? Challenges he wants to find us as people who are still diligent about the things we were once diligent about back in March, April and May. I find it very interesting, there's something in human nature that when something new happens, there's this instant enthusiastic response. Have you noticed that? And then it doesn't last. I have to say, sadly, that's true often of us as the church. We initially give ourselves to something, and then because it doesn't come up to what we hope for, we kind of back off. That's not being diligent. Maybe... Maybe, you know, when all this thing started for a few weeks, we, you were kind of right on the ball and it was going to be okay. And then we start to back off. It's kind of like it's conditional. Well, I'll be enthusiastic about this as long as. And when as long as doesn't happen, you change. When it's not as exciting as you thought, when it becomes mundane, and what isn't mundane at the moment in our lives then we begin to back off. We are not diligent. Sometimes it can be like that for us right now. Sunday online. Another Sunday online. It's a bit like last week. It's a bit like the same. 
we have a Sunday morning prayer meeting and as we come together someone one or two people have said but it's kind of the same things we pray about every week do you know the answer to that is absolutely it is that's what means to be diligent to come back again and again pray about the same things your community week by week that i hope you're a part of this kind of same maybe samey being the same is good at the moment in this season but what it requires is of you and me to be diligent the word diligence according to the to the dictionary means this to value highly to take delight in i think a diligent worker is somebody who delights in what he's doing and gives his best these are seasons brothers and sisters for us to be faithful and loyal and staying committed even if it's not very exciting giving your best not giving up staying consistent being diligent and god wants us to emerge from this season differently to the way that we went into it and therefore i believe that diligence is one of the hallmarks won't it be tremendous in the future when we give ourselves to something and then there's a delay and it doesn't seem to happen we just all keep consistent and going at the same pace and i want to finish with this fourth thing finally that we are how ought we to live we are to be people of the presence of god this meeting started a little bit late which is why i'm just a little bit late but i know you'll be very forgiving and patient uh, even as you're waiting for me to come to the end of this sermon we're nearly there but we are to be a people of his presence all around the world at the moment life is chaotic all around the world are nations that don't know what the future holds even being and doing church at the moment is unknown and a bit chaotic but one thing one thing that we need to cling on to and we ought to be is a people of his unchanging presence we need to learn to wait for his presence in the now is his presence we need to stay here and we need to wait for more and more of the presence of god you know in is when israel were in the wilderness trying to get to the promised land and for 40 years they went around in circles life was very very samey for them a bit like it might be for us it was manna and quails manna and quails zoom call prayer meeting manna and quails but they also had cloud and fire which represented the presence of god in fact when the cloud moved or the fire moved they got up and they moved because of god's presence moses just about to enter the promised land said god if your presence doesn't go with us then we will not go up your presence must be with us we may feel we're in a bit of a wilderness at the moment as we're waiting but i want you to know we are right in the center of god's will and we're right in the midst of his presence i would love to just pray for every one of us right now can we just bow our heads in prayer and respond to the word of god today what are you waiting for is it something specific right now that you're waiting for in the meantime can i encourage you to be a man or woman of faith be patient be diligent know that the timing of god is perfect it's not slow it's not being delayed from god's point of view the bible says those who wait upon the lord shall renew their strength and finally lord i want to pray for us as a church together new community church would you help us to wait together 
Lord, Sunday by Sunday, community by community, Zoom call by Zoom call, may we be a people learning to wait for the very power and the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Look forward to seeing you this afternoon, three o'clock, baptisms. Do come online. It's going to be a great occasion. Have a fantastic week.